The pandemic has caused havoc in all our lives, but one aspect that it has really disrupted is the process of pregnancy and giving birth and the early months of raising babies. How are parents coping when their support networks have been removed? To find out, I invited new moms to share the experience of the pandemic as they navigated the early days of motherhood in the COVID-19 lockdown. Listen to their stories in their own words here on Parent24. Hi, my name is Mashuda Adam. We are a family of four. My eldest name is Mudakir. My youngest is Dayan and my husband's name is Ikhtisham. And our journey through COVID hasn't been easy. It's been very testing and the thing with that is um, because my son was early, my eldest son was diagnosed with um, a brain abnormality and he, um, it's called the genesis corpus callosum and it's part of the brain that's missing, missing that helps the right and the left side of the brain to communicate and we've been fortunate enough to experience his growth um, being quite normal and the doctors advise us it can be anything from 0 to 100 and uh, your child can either be bed ridden or he can either be pr- totally productive but we don't know the outcome and so far we've been very blessed but um, the reason I mentioned my eldest because although he wasn't in COVID we didn't know that was the future for my youngest and Diane was um, quite a surprise baby although we were trying because um, we were just at the time we were just thinking okay it's never gonna happen and then it happened in COVID time and with the result I went to my oh, my antenatal visits and I had to go alone so the most of my antenatal visits I went on my own and my husband only went once and I would just report back and I would say how things were and at the time I applied to study and I was studying, I'm studying for early childhood development and um, I would just, and I did a distance, so I'm doing corresponding at home and all those things and so I was juggling a toddler, my pregnancy and my studies and in any case, so as time progressed I had to do the main scan and I was quite scared because I mean it was like I needed my husband with me because I didn't know if what happened to Muzakir would evidently be my youngest's future and um, when I got in there I was praying and I was just just like trying to ease my mind and be positive even though it was COVID COVID is happening around us and so I not only have to worry about sanitizing and being safe and keeping social distance, I have to worry about whether or not um, my son is going to have the same future. And anyway, so that was a positive result and we he was cleared of it and when he did the scans and he had no signs of, um, of anything that my eldest um, has. And as the pregnancy went along, I was just like, I was just very relieved for that and I just tried to keep my social distance as much as possible because in my mind, the last thing I wanted to do was to be be breathing heavy and and having to to give birth with whatever's out there and things. So I was very much at home and kind of also had a strain on me because I'm a very outgoing person and I'm trying to stimulate my three-year-old and just try to keep my grips of everything. And it was quite difficult to keep him indoors because he's an outgoing person and I like him to get dirty and get in the sand and be messy and because I believe that's how they learn and um, in any case and then as the pregnancy went along 
with all its challenges, um, it came to the time when I had to give birth and we were trying for a VBAC. But um, unfortunately, it wasn't successful due to the fact that my youngest, Diane, was bobbing his head to the back. So he was never going to come out vaginally. He was always going to... He was always gonna be a Caesar baby, so we tried and we weren't, um, we couldn't, we weren't able to go through the with the VBAC. And in any case, with the result, um, I had to prepare myself to give uh, Caesar um, cesarean on my own, and it was a more of a mental adjustment. And I've done Caesar before, but it's just that it was like now I'm alone on my own. And when I got there, we had to book in, and I was with me and my husband said our goodbyes, and whatever the case might be. And I went in, and I, before that, I tried to do my homework as much as possible, just to ease myself into the whole system of things. And because I'm with government, um, it's like you have this, um, you kind of have this 50-50, like, experience thinking, like, in your mind that it's going to be difficult and it's going to maybe be easy if you just follow the system and don't give anybody a hard time and you're not going to lay any issues or whatever so you just try to follow whatever the nurses say or doctors say so once i got to mobile it was like i had to be booked in and then we were, i was being made pre there was preparations for the c-section and it didn't take long because there wasn't there wasn't any um, emergency C-section, so that is first pre first priority. And so I was seen to at around about between one and three, one and half past three. And I was so nervous. I was trying to calm down. I'm a big person that's on positive energy and like trying to be optimistic, and you know. And then. I went in and the anesthetist was um, explaining to me what's going to be done and like how is he going to put the needle in and I've had this done before but it was just a different feeling because they couldn't find any, um, they couldn't in my, in my um, wrist, they couldn't find the, the veins and then they were struggling to put the needle in so I was already, I was already stressed that the needle had to be punctured in a few times to get it in. So to put it in my back, I was already on edge. And my husband's also not there. And so, um, because they don't allow the husbands in only when you're in the recovery area, that's for C-section. So in any case, and then I was now eventually, even though it wasn't a very pleasant experience for them to put the, uh, when they were doing, when the anesthetist was putting the needle in, I was um, just trying to keep calm and then I spoke to him and I told him, look here, can you just talk to me because like just to take my mind away of what they're doing because um, like I just like that's what my husband did when was my first born and um, it was what my husband did and he just basically spoke to me and it made me feel a lot better and then he was just like talking about my family and just trying to ease my mind and trying to just... Um, uh, we, and I spoke, I asked him about his family and he said um, he's also expecting and and um, I asked him because I asked him, I found out his name was like he was a Muslim and, and I asked him if he could just, if he could just make the adhan in my son's ear because I, um, that's a ritual that we kind of do when babies are born that the first thing that they hear is that they hear something of um, of Islam and and that we hopefully they promote that within their lives and I was just also very concerned that that would be the first thing that he would hear and, and I asked him if it's okay if he could do that and he was and he was very accommodating and I think that at least 
when it came to the Caesar, it, it put my mind at ease to know that there was another male figure because I was going to have to perform it and I wasn't very comfortable with that because like I always, we always just known it as a, as a male thing to do. And, um, and then he performed the other and he's yeah, and then baby Diane came out and then we had to go into recovery and everything. And then I saw my husband and I just cried and I was just like, it's, and I was shivering because after the surgery, it's like not cold, it's the aircon and everything and the baby's also a little bit cold, but the blanket's all on and we're trying to keep warm, but you've got all these needles and stuff in you, so you can't really move properly and stuff. And, um, so then my husband and I just had a moment, like about not even an hour, it depends on how long you have to be in recovery and in 40 minutes or so, hour 40 minutes and then he had to leave and we said our goodbyes and then from there on out uh, I was overnighting about three days because um, uh, my water rate was a bit too high so I had to add an extra day normally you released with about two days after depending on how your situation they monitor your vitals and if you're good to go as soon as your vitals uh, gives a good reading when you could to go from c-section but uh, it was very it wasn't very great experience unfortunately we had came to the men mental or the psychological side of things when it comes to giving birth at Mowbray and I tried to I've never been at Mowbray and I was just trying to have a bit of a uh, uh, like you know a, a clean slate when it came to them and not to go too much into the whole details of Mowbray but um, it, it psychologically in this time, I just felt that they could have been a bit more um, understanding. There were nurses and um, that were very nice, but from my own, my own, from my own people, they were weren't so very nice, and I was very disappointed in that factor because, especially in this time, and I know that the nurses are overworked and there isn't. They, they they don't have a, um, there's, there's, there's a lot of things going on, but it's psychologically, it was, it was a lot because your husband is not there and you're not allowed to, to, um, to, to get that physical reaction from your spouse and you have to just voice note and, um, you can't do certain things like video, like when I was doing my scans and stuff, you can't use your phone to maybe like, to be letting participate with because of whatever legal reasons that you can't so it was, it was a very tough time not to to have that interaction with your spouse and you giving birth and stuff so at the time I just had to make whatever it is and when I got home I was just so relieved to be at home and and I thought okay let's start this journey afresh and whatever happened in hospital that would happen in hospital and I'm gonna start now afresh and then I thought okay dad's gonna be on paternity leave and it's going to be like the same like when it was my firstborn, it's going to be a lot easier, whatever the case may be. But because of all the different stages of COVID, it was difficult for him to really um, be off on paternity leave. Because the thing is the conditions of the field, because it's a natural thing and it requires um, a lot of attention like you would a newborn. <laughs> It's the weather conditions can change in an instant, especially in Cape Town, weather being windy, hot, rain. And so it's it's really havoc for my husband, Ikhtisham, to just have a structured 
um, structured lifestyle. So at the end of the days, um, he has to sometimes go in at odd hours to make sure that the conditions of the field is um, is, is, is stable and that the that's enough water that it doesn't dry out. That he makes sure that the that the that the things are covered. Whatever's in his job jurisdiction, he has to make sure that that the the field or the pitches for for playworthy condition and um so it played a lot on and because schools weren't open I had to basically rely on whatever person could come help me out and and there wasn't there was help but it wasn't a lot of help because of COVID and people couldn't come out and like come assist so I couldn't also go so I had to basically uh, depend on um the mercies of my children just working out for me the day and stuff and it's slowly come to a point where it's a little bit easier but also still very challenging but um, with the result um, that his job also has now been also a little bit more difficult with COVID he couldn't really um, be here in his paternity leave and he had to go and sometimes in the nights he have to like respond back to emails and when he got a chance because by the time he settles my son it's already 10 o'clock and my son was at the stage where he was also transitioning and he was trying to also um he and he would take it out on us as parents but not so much on my newborn so he was he was very happy with our newborn which was our relief we didn't mind if he was going through whatever emotions he must go through but it was taxing on us and um, so we tried to make the most of it and um, it was very taxing on me and I was like, uh, I had a lot of patience for my kids but I would also sometimes be very short with my husband because of work situations and whatever and him having to juggle back and forth and there was even a time where he had to, um, he, his paperwork for, there was a stage, I think it was stage 2 or 1, I can't recall where he couldn't even come through the borders and stuff where they were putting up the police areas he had to go back to work and he had to sort out those things whatever it was and he came eventually like very late home and I'm like stressing with um with kids and whatever the case may be so it was it was tough and eventually we just uh, spoke to his parents and we said we know it's COVID but we have to have somebody assist us and and my mother-in-law would sometimes come but not all the time because we were also afraid of putting them at risk and all those things and um so yeah so now being since that time we've always just had to basically just be more creative and being um i'm just basically hustling each and every single day um trying to make do with what i don't even like kind of i take it out of my mind that is that uh, my husband's schedule is normal it's almost like as if it's like if it's a bonus day that he'll be there and he'll be available um and stuff he's most of the time he's a very hands-on dad and he's he's always he's even emotionally and um when it comes to all the kids needs he's always on board and he's always nitpicking and thorough about how we develop our kids but at the same time during this time it's it's been hell it's been sometimes hell and heaven at the same time and it takes a turmoil on your emotional needs and um right now it's um is my new my oldest mudakir is attending school again and um 
and then my yeah, and so I get all uh, half a day now, so it's a lot easier than when when it was initially we didn't go to school and I had to look after the two of them. And then um but then my husband would also be around but it also impacted him because at the same time whilst um seeing to my child's needs he couldn't respond like working from home and doing all the emails from home and things he had to now assist me and the kids. So it did put a lot of strain on us and um, eventually as time progressed um, it got slightly easier in the sense is um, he started catching up with work and um, now I have to just basically um, now with COVID being in place and this construction also happening at Newlands Cricket Stadium so I just basically don't even in my mind think of about what is he going to be available if he's of like because the times is always just something happening and things because um, things are always going hectic there at work. So like as a mother, I just try to hustle and um, I've, and unfortunately my child divulges in so much uh, TV and it's not even funny, but sometimes I have to, the two of them sometimes have to, they make me choose between the two of them, but um, one wants to breastfeed and then wants to go sleep and then the other one wants to eat so there's all nights we when it comes to bedtime i have to put the two of them to sleep and at sometimes both at the same time and sometimes it's apart and only way, the other parent has been now the tv unfortunately and um sometimes there are toys that we also so you have to restructure your entire life because of covid and things that you weren't comfortable with you have to now just accept because um, who else is going to come out because otherwise you could possibly be infecting another person or that person could possibly infect you so now it's just about being a hustle mommy and and trying to stimulate your children as much as you possibly can and also just being more lenient on certain things that that didn't sit with you or you didn't want to to have in your life and like with the TV and the media and all of those things because there's only so much you can do because I mean we don't have a grass area around where we're staying it's very paved and it's a um and um so you have to give whatever your kid whatever stimulation you can find you can you try to uh, give to your child and now the beach is also closed that is my son's biggest love is swimming and stuff so water play we try to find areas where you can just maybe just splash a bit just to give him an outdoor experience and it's been it's um i worry at times if 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 he will get enough outdoor experience to stimulate him because he he's a child that um is he likes to be creative in the senses he likes to work with his hands and move and stuff and at the moment the young is very complacent and he's actually a easier baby than what my eldest that was but it's just trying to figure out the rhythm between the two of them and deciphering what's today's outcome and there's never there's never a day that is the same day it's always different it's never the same routine it's sometimes the sleeping pattern can change and it's just because all there's nothing outside that um that is the same so you have to structure your life according to whatever government is putting out there and whatever rules and regulations is available or what you're allowed to do so we try to do whatever we can to help them and to just grow in a stable environment as much as possible but with COVID it's extremely difficult to 
to get your rhythm and um but for now we okay and we just try to keep our social distance as much as possible and that is also the other thing he loves children interaction and there's not there's not you can't have a lot of children interaction so it's it's been tough i think if more mums expose certain parts of their lives that they are comfortable with it would make things easier for other moms to to transition in this time because right now we don't have time for for lack of a better word fakeness because everybody's struggling like i like i make my story known to other moms so that they don't have to feel uncomfortable if for argument's sake that their financial situation changed and they now have to they were gonna go like maybe private and now they have to go a government and it's 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 difficult and it's daunting and i've made my story available to whoever's willing to listen i speak to them or like if i know the like the ladies can't now afford and i will say to them look here have you opted to go to government it's not it's not, it's daunting but right now financially it is everyone's in a situation where they're trying to hustle for out of whatever and we can't be proud we need to think of what is the easiest for our families and that you don't put that financial strain on each other and stuff and um so far i've had a few females that will now ask me okay what how do you do this and what do you do this and how so i've just tried to guide them from my own experience and and if i don't know i try to put them in somebody else's direction just to um maybe make them see that there's another option than just stressing and 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 just trying to put that financial and to take out loans and things because right now you want to avoid anything that will cause even more financial strain on your family and and everybody's struggling at the moment it's nobody's nobody's excluded from this experience Listening to Parent 24's podcast with me, Elizabeth Mamakos. Sign up for our newsletter to stay up to date with the latest parenting news and information, and more podcasts like this one. If you have a topic you'd like to suggest, please get in touch with us. Our details are in the notes below.